Welcome to the Shift Podcast. This podcast was recorded on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee people. The creators of this podcast recognize that we are all treaty people and we accept our collective responsibility to each other and to reconciliation as we work towards an equitable, inclusive, and accessible campus for all. On the SHIFT podcast, facilitated by the Student Experience Office, you will hear from students of diverse backgrounds about their lived experiences at Queen's, how these experiences are shaped by identity, their visions for a safer and more inclusive campus climate, and what needs to happen for there to be a meaningful and lasting culture shift. So I found that just adapting it to what I could handle and the people that supported me in that, as opposed to judging me for it, was the best thing I can do. For BIPOC students especially, or to QT BIPOC, your existence is resilient. Like yourself being there is already, you're, is already like powerful. Party culture does not have to be that way for you and you can reform it to the way you want it to be. Listeners will also learn about resources that exist for equity deserving students at Queens and hear tips for where to find community and support. This podcast is part of the Queen's Shift Project, a collection of initiatives aimed at creating a safer and more inclusive campus culture for all students. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Shift Podcast. Today, we have two incredibly special guests, Spencer and Trifina. So first things first, I'm going to ask him to introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. My name is Trifina. So I'm currently a third year health sciences student who recently did a major change in career paths. I now want to go into law before I wanted to go into medicine, but that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole conversation to be had. I am Nigerian, but my family lives in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and I go by she her pronouns. He's a girl boss, so she switched from medicine to law. <laughs> so such an easy decision. <laughs> um, Spencer, please go ahead, introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Spencer Kahn. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a fourth-year film and media student at Queens, and I minor in drama. Um, so for me, I'm an international student from China, and then it's been like a couple of years for me to get here at Canada. It's like six years, um, which I really consider myself as more like a middle child between like my middle, my um, original nationality and also like my experience at Canada. So yeah, that's basically about me. That's so cool. You both come from very different environments, um, but we're all here at Queens. So why did you choose Queens? For sure. Um, so the reason I chose Queens, I think, first of all, like it is located in a small city, which is safer um, compared to Toronto or like GTA areas. And then I think um, Queens has an amazing program, like which is a film and media program. I really like films or like other um, visual storytelling 
Oh, and also one of my um, high school teacher was alumni to Queens. And then um, he he's really recommend like this place, which um, I will settle down after his after listening to his suggestion. Wow, that's so interesting that like you knew like you had an alumni, like your teacher who attended Queens. Wow. Trifina, why did you choose Queens? Um, so I chose Queens for a bunch of different reasons. Um, the first one, which is my official reason, is because of my program. It's the new health sciences program. Um, I was really like intrigued by how they kind of formatted it because it's blended so there's less lectures my schedule is super like freeing and allows me to do a bunch of stuff and I found that because of that I could take learning into my own hands and not depend on a prof or anyone else because I would have every like all the material I need throughout the year so I like that part of it another reason is because like one of my best friends was going here and he always advocated for queens so um, I always felt that I wanted to go to go to the same school as him just so he, I could have him around. So those were the two main reasons. There are a bunch of other things. I really wanted to just move away from Nova Scotia, um, have some independence from my family. And I also like that Queens, like there, there's a huge school spirit here. And I feel like a lot of people I spoke to, especially people who went to my high school that also came to Queens, they always like they always were like very, very, very passionate about Queens. So yeah, they really swayed me. So that's why I'm here. Something you spoke to Trifina is the fact that you felt that there was a very strong community. Can either of you speak on how you have experienced community at Queens and have you been able to find your own communities as well? Yeah, so that's been a difficult thing because all the reviews I got about Queens were from one group of people. So I went to a predominantly white high school. So a lot of people that advocated for Queens and promoted Queens were from that demographic, of course. So when they spoke about feeling like, like they loved the school spirit here, like it was like, we bleed blue, yellow, red, like very like Chagale, <laughs> like very into Queens. But um, once I came here, I found that that, in a sense, in some senses, was very limited to that group of people. But I've been trying to figure that out. It's not something that I've like, would say I've definitely found a community because I've had to join and leave certain groups and figure out whether values align. I've learned that um, finding community is going to take a minute. And I think instead of found, finding a community, I found pockets of people that make me feel safe. And I've preferred that instead. Spencer, how has your search or um, for community been um, seeing as though you're in fourth year? Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I'm really related to what Trafina has mentioned, like because I was also graduated from a very white private high school um, in Mississauga. And I saw that was my comfort space. But I, so which is the reason I chose Queens, because I feel like if I was comfortable when I was in that high school, maybe I'll just continue with that safe ground. And then after I come to Queens, it's really interesting because I realized um, as I mentioned in my self-introduction, I'm 
I feel like I'm kind of like a middle child where I just like doesn't really belong to to local students like community, which I refer to like mostly like white dominant like communities. Um, I cannot really fit in that, and then um, and then I realize um, it is so hard to find a like um. A community where I'm, my original identity was belonged to, which is like, for example, Chinese international students community. Um, so at first, I realized I'm not really um, like agree with the, the like the local community spirit or like their culture. Like for example, like the party culture, like the you know the all the other culture that people really praise for. I feel like I'm not re really into that because I'm not really alcoholic. <laughs> but later on, I realized like um, maybe it's good for me to searching for my own, like my own people who I really belong to. And But it's also hard to find those people because eventually it is Queens, not really like diverse as Toronto. It's just um, not going to have like that much like population for um, diverse community. It took me, a t also took me a minute to really find the community that really belong to my, like the uh, international student identity. But later on, I realized it's also hard to get along with them because I'm no longer really like a, um, how should I say that? Like international student, international student person. Um, like I'm away from my country, like for a couple of years that I'm not really get updated with their culture. And then it's just hard to get with, get along with like, sort of like quote unquote, like my people, like those international students. And then I realized like my beliefs is also kind of different um, than their culture, which is hard for me to get in there. Um, so you're asking the question, like, how do you like see yourself like finding communities? I always found like there's a dilemma for me to fit into other groups. But later on, I also realized there's no way to, there's no point to actually like be fit into what like all kinds of like community, just find the people who you can get along with. So I think I'm getting used to sort of like dilemma, but it's like, I'm also finding there's like sweet point in the middle uh, where I can balance uh, my identity with like other people, other people's like culture or like their values. We see here that like your lived experiences create kind of like a battle within your own identities, right? Like, okay, who is the dominant identity? What qualities are going to come out? Um, and it could be a very like, hard thing to navigate, but Trifina, you were nodding for a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cause I like Spencer, that was put so well because at some point I kind of gave up on finding a community. Okay. So I'm Nigerian. I lived there eight years of my life, but it was non-consecutive. So I lived there for four years and I moved to Gabon. Then I came back also got to live in the Middle East for four years. So that's also a part of my identity that people may not see on face value. And then I came to Canada, went to a predominantly white school. So I've been in different, like, different places and experienced that. So home to me is a place that's hard to pinpoint. It'll always be Nigeria, but at the end of the day, I've left, I always say that I've left my heart in so many different places. So it's so coming here was just very hard to figure that out. I wish I hadn't had clinged on 
to the idea of having a specific group of friends, like one single groups of friends, and believed at face value that if they weren't receptive to my culture and my ways of living, that there will be other people. And I found other people. And I found that having a friend group wasn't, wasn't like, wasn't helpful for me. Don't limit yourself in terms of friend groups. Like do not box who you want your community to be because it's going to look so different to what you're expecting. Making sure I have people in my circle that are kind of from Nigeria or are Black. So I'm reminded that like of my culture and I get to like just share my life with them a bit and have them share. Like, it's just a really nice experience. It's nothing you can gain from someone who's, who doesn't have those lived experiences, but also like just everybody has become really crucial to me just to make this journey way easier. Yeah. And I think this is something a lot of people go through. Like, I feel like it's a pretty normal experience when you're moving to universities But I think the thing to draw on is the fact that like your lived experiences, your very special identities have kind of escalated that experience for you guys where there's a point where you have to often choose which identity is going to come out to play with who. I want to go back to what Trofina has mentioned in the last question, because I feel like when I was a first year, um, I, wa- I really want to try so hard to make myself fit into the Queen's like culture, just like what other people ha- are do- were doing. Um, for example, I went to the party, I went to uh, went to those like crazy ca- um, party cultures. I like, just fit, trying to be like, yes, I'm part of them. And I feel like most like first year were like, young students, new students, they are, they are just like practicing that. I definitely want to tell my younger self, like, just, just don't do that because that's not you, which I also want like say to people who are listening to this episode, don't, don't change yourself to fit into other people's uh, expectations. I agree, Spencer. And I would even add that if you feel like you want to experiment and you may be able to like you may enjoy partying or you may like feel free but make sure you emphasize your boundaries I felt that like especially with me like I enjoy a good party I enjoy going out every once in a while but I found that I just didn't like to every single weekend like I found that I had personal restrictions and that actually ended up being a problem I ended up being ostracized from my friend group in second slash third year for they wanted to restructure the living conditions and they said she said to me Trifina I don't want to live with you because I mean you don't party every weekend and it still kind of irks me and I still like it took a while to like settle into that but now I'm in now I've moved houses and I found like I could do a chill thing it could include drinks it could not include drinks because I found that going out kind of drained me. Like Saturday would be go out, have fun. And then Sunday I'd have to recover the whole day. And for me, um, it affects my system way more. So I found that just adapting it to what I could handle and the people that supported me in that, as opposed to judging me for it 
was the best thing I can do because now I enjoy going out. I enjoy making plans. And before it used to be a chore. It literally used to be the biggest chore. So I'm so glad I could do that and glad I found a like different friends that I could do that with. I'll also speak on like how my identities have shaped my experience. So as a Black woman, I feel, especially in the health sciences field, and I feel like this can also apply to any academically rigorous course, especially in group work, I feel like people will openly and shamelessly undermine my abilities, undermine my contributions, not give me a space to speak and feel as though they can judge my intelligence by by what they see in front of them, especially using their inherent biases. Um, So I feel like that has affected the way I view my academic space. It's why I really tried to, to separate myself from my degree. I will go in, do my work, get it done, get grades that make me happy. And that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. I think we see this like in like all the examples that uh, both of you have said is that you see the impact of stereotypes of preconceived notions and of social pressures kind of impacting how you are able to express yourselves, how you're able to navigate these different avenues of life, whether it's as simple as hanging out with friends on the weekend to something as serious as your degree and like what you want to do for the rest of your life. And so this is a very niche experience that a lot of people aren't able to navigate because they've never had to deal with. But that's just one example when it comes to, as you said, navigating your school career and like the way that sometimes you could feel like alienated for not getting specific grades or not working with specific people or not having the biggest research position or internship or the list can go on. Actually, I so agree with that. Um, the idea of like my identity has been alienated, like make my experience has been alienated due to my identity. Um, I actually visually see this sort of like issue when I was having a class last semester where um, it's a film class, it's a small class. It's not really a small class, but it's a small classroom. It's like around 30 to 40 people. So basically um, like half of the class is basically like international student. And then it's just funny that like um, after a couple of weeks, I realized international students are sitting like one side of the room and then the other um, local students, which is mostly mostly from the single like demographic uh, community um, are sitting on the, on the other side of the classroom. And then what Melika has mentioned like the systematic issue or, or could be also a grounded issue. I feel like at that point, I just realized like, I was just questioning myself, like uh, who made the rules for deciding those like silent, like pressures or like those invisible pressures because it just happens it just throughout the whole semester we're sitting like that um like the international student like sitting on one side and other people are sitting on another side and there's like um a hallway in between and just so weird it just 
um, visually, I was like really uncomfortable every time I went to that class. And then it feels like every time when someone was sitting on the other side, they would definitely change to another side where they belong, like quote unquote belong. Um, it was just weird. And then the professor did not really interrupt because I don't know, because maybe because it's a student thing and they don't want to interrupt. I think this is another example of um, you don't really realize it's happening until you're kind of the affected group. Um, I think this is another example of social pressures and and the greater, I guess, community implementing divisions within each other, that even within a small group of people, 30 to 40 students, there's a lack of integration of perspectives and um, experiences and learning from each other. And honestly, it's very, very unfortunate that these things are happening. Yes, I just wanted to touch back on a bit about party culture, just at Queens and just what with what I've experienced. I've kind of, in, in my experience, as I've talked about, reformed what going out on the weekends or partying looks like to me. But beforehand, I found that um, with certain groups of people, it could look, it was very, it got very unsafe. And with party culture, and with the abuse of alcohol and going too hard on a night out, I wouldn't say is alcohol abuse. It's case by case. But I feel like a lot of people have used that as an excuse to ignore or pick and choose sexual violence cases that they want to care about with party culture. And especially if you want to enjoy it to the fullest, how it's supposed to be enjoyed, how it's how it was made to be enjoyed here at Queens. You're supposed to be checking up on your friends. You're supposed to ensure that safety is the first thing on you guys' minds. Unfortunately, the party culture has a dark side and experiencing that dark side was a hard thing to do. I'd use this as an opportunity to say that party culture does not have to be that way for you and you can reform it to the way you want it to be. Um, There are people out there that will take care of you and will make sure you get home safe. It can be crazy, but it can also be super safe. Those two things do not have to be mutually exclusive. Um, I just want to add on like, oh my God, thank you so much, Trofina. Like that was so well said. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Like I feel like the original Queen's culture of like partying um, by saying that I'm referring to like straight uh, like party and just like thousands of people just like um, partying on the street and then just like, and just squeezing each other and also like standing on the roof and just like throwing throwing things to the crowd. And I don't, I personally think that is kind of like toxic. Um, The party culture itself is not really like, for example, if you want to organize a gathering of like three people or five people or like 20 people with people you know, that's totally okay. But um, don't put yourself in a group culture where um, it might hurt yourself. And also I feel like, protocol will like becomes the rule for people to show their privilege and also to show their like whatever I do I still have backup because I'm a student something like I'm, I'm young so I can drink like two bottles of vodka in the second one day it just to me it just become a performative action like becomes an overall rule to everyone and if you don't join means like you don't really have that privilege and then I personally it's like if you want to part party or like do 
where you really love party, that is totally fine. But recognizing what are you doing? Like, are you really having fun or are you just showing off what you have right now? Yeah, I think it goes back to like um, consent is yes, right? And that's everything that goes from personal choices and boundaries to um, anything really. And so what we're talking about here is the fact that if you don't feel comfortable going out, you do not have to, right? I feel like Queens has been a little bit more, at least in my experience as a second year and first year, there's definitely people out there that are not going out every or going hard every single weekend. And you, it's perfectly acceptable to find those people and have your own fun in your own way. And if you are, as Spencer said, if you are going out, just make sure you're being respectful to the environment, each other. Um, and, 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 whatnot. Look after each and look after, and look each after other, your friends, right? please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a Don and I always make sure that my students, if they're going out, that they're having fun they're um, but they have like a buddy system in place and that their phones are charged and they've eaten before and they've drinking water. And there's other resources on campus, such as core, the um, campus observation room, where like, if you feel like you've consumed a, unhealthy amount of alcohol, you're able to go to uh, Leonard Hall and they'll monitor you and make sure you're safe, right? And so these like resources are in place for the safety of all students, right? And because at the end of the day, that's what matters the most. But you both seem like personally impacted by the party culture. And so in an ideal world, what does the solution look like? Because the reality is that people do come to Queens to party. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're immediately going to do something unsafe or immediately going to make people feel unsafe, right? In an ideal world, how can we tackle that without making people feel um, attacked for just trying to have a good time as well? Yeah, um, I've often thought about this because when I think of homecoming, like as much as the street parties can be like fun and exhilarating to just have groups of people and just like everyone's in a good mood. I wish there were more organized events. I wish there was like maybe a concert, maybe music, maybe like, maybe like something happening on the street, maybe a parade. Like I wish Queens would get more creative because like the, what we think of on homecoming is becoming different. Like we're not thinking like, how many of you have gone to a football game <laughs> on homecoming? I, I haven't. And nope. it's just like, yeah, like I wish Queens would really hone down on how they want to. If you don't want us on the streets, where do you want us? And make it fun and make it directed for us. Make it for us and make it by us. Give us the resources to have cooler events. Bring people down. Like Young Gravy for the first year kids. That was incredible. I wish I could have gone. But Queens needs to endorse if they want safer and maybe sanctions and like less people on the streets. Give us something to do on a whole stretch of a day that we dedicated to celebrating this university. I think that's a really good point because this would also tackle the issue that a lot of students have of why is there higher police presence? Why are we having people come in from Belleville and Toronto for Queens homecoming? Honestly, it's like really overwhelming and scary for people that just 
are having a small hangout in their house, right? And so if we do have sanctioned events and we do have things that the university provides, it's way easier for people to have a safe, fun time. Spencer, what's your take? Um, I totally agree. The idea of like making it more like engaging to more people, that is like, that is a really good approach. And to me, I think um, what I want to like implement is more like, what I'm hoping that Queens can implement is uh, providing more supporting services. For example, uh, like we mentioned before, the buddy, um, the buddy program, like if you want to go out and hang out, maybe just have someone to check with you like every like two hours, whereas this volunteer can just like call you by phone, like, are you okay? Do you need help? Things, things like that. Um, and also maybe like promoting more material for like how to prevent like sexual balance when you're trying to go go to like um, a huge party, whereas like, you're, here's a couple of things you should be careful, something like that. And then I feel like uh, we, sh- we should have more advertising on the services that Queens have rather than just like leave it to students to do the research on their own. Yeah, I think, um, and I was going to ask, like, were you able to find like resources or Queen's services to kind of navigate these issues? And if so, which ones? I I feel like there are resources because I work for the Queen's course or the campus observation room. Um, So I saw that because of COVID, because of that gap, Um, people kind of forgot that the core existed and there was a room that you could come to. So it was nice to see that more people were aware. I also know about the the sexual assault center um, here in Kingston. It's called SAC Kingston. Um, They have a phone line, the 24 hours, 24-7. But they also have a text crisis and support line, which is available from noon to midnight, seven days a week. So I feel like there's there are good options for um, quick and accessible resources as it pertains to sexual violence. Something special about the SAC, as it's called, the Sexual Assault Center of Kingston, um, actually has a Queens division as well, where they work with yes. Queens students to further advocacy and reach. Queens also has um, a lot of different resources such as sexual violence prevention. There's um, the HREO. There's a lot of places where you could report these types of things on campus and they're dealt with very seriously and with as limited amount of people as possible to maintain your um, confidentiality and safety. Spencer, do you know of any resources that could provide support to students who are maybe not wanting to be part of the party culture. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. So there's a two type of like um, um, organizations or like resources that have been reaching out to. One services that I have no- that I know and also I have experience is Queens First Aid, and it's basically it's a small ha- it's a small house located in campus. And basically, just like if you feel uncomfortable and you feel like I need immediate like support to send me to a hospital, um, you can just go to their house. They can give you um, a simple like examination. And then um, someone, if they think the scenario is like 
kind of series, it will take you to the uh, nearest hospital. And so if you're feeling like uncomfortable and you're like on campus, main campus, then you can um, go um, go to that like services and ask them for help. And in terms of like social concerns, uh, for example, if I don't want to um, get along with the mainstream or like get along with the toxic culture, as a backpack person, I personally um, will go to like Yellow House. Uh, Yellow House is a service that is like welcome for people from like uh, QT BIPOC communities. And then uh, they can give you help. And also they're holding like workshops, like um, events um, to organizing and also helping BIPOC, BIPOC student and sorry, QT BIPOC student to making connections and also making friends. So that's a kind of one of the physical place where like, um, it's more like a safe space for me. Do either of you feel like there were adults in your life or staff um, that pointed you towards these resources and helped like make sure you knew about them and or even like supported you um, informally? Maybe it was a faculty member or staff or or so on. I, I just it's just different in university to connect with faculty. I found it really hard. There are some, of course, but I will say that. Um, I work as an equity ambassador, um, and that's that's been awesome because uh, there's Shohana and Richard, and they're great. Like they're great people to look up to, and they're great bosses. In fact, any anyone that works like for undergraduate admissions and recruitment, and then for the student experience office, like I've had nothing but good things to say about like just like the energy they bring. And you may not think that's much on face value, but it's helped me a lot. Like you may not think like just like just the highs and the hellos and the let me know if you need anything, even if I don't necessarily need anything, it helps. And yeah, I, I find that a lot of um, faculty members are working towards equity causes and working towards seeing people like me on campus have never um, failed to make me feel like happy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Now like working um like for Queens, like um at Yellow House, like uh Yellow House is also a service like under student affairs. So um so I um first of all I just want to give myself a job, but um the people who's there also like um very supportive. I feel like because when I was like being an intern in other companies, not like at this, not not at like universities, I really um are really different because it's very um like I don't know a lot of tension like very fast paced you're gonna be like very professional, but um just after I really like working uh working in the service I realized like they're really supportive and they really want to help you, and that is like something like like mind blowing for me also because there's a couple of years of like COVID was that was really separating me from on the campus environment. But I realized like there's also doesn't have much advertising on the services for students, especially those services under student affairs. Students need them. And then there's a lot of student notes and they're just shared like throughout the networks. So people just share that with word, but not really like formal advertising on the service they're providing, which is kind of heartbroken because I feel like if there's more student knows that, more students can give the can receive the help. 
one strategy I can give to students who are searching for um, the network or searching for the services that they may interested, uh, you can just go to Instagram if you have one. Um, go to Instagram, follow like um, like student affairs, Queen's event, things like that. They will um, because a lot of Queen services they actually connected, um, and then um, they will share each other's like services or like new events on their Instagram stories. So once you follow one, you just like help you to do the research to other people just lead you to another services and other services just lead to another service and becomes a network i fully agree especially when it comes to instagram like instagram is the one thing i use for all my events like yellow has will post like once a week on all the things going on for the week and i'll have my calendar open and i'll have instagram open and just add everything i want to do to my calendar i think that right off the bat tells you um like in my experience, maybe not with everyone, every faculty or staff member, but like a lot of them, like I would say 80% of them are amazing resources to find out like, okay, what does Queens provide? Where can I find them? Um, even when it comes to like, I don't know, navigating personal things, I feel like they have those lived experiences where they're able to help you like go towards the right resources, right? Whether that's student wellness, whether that's yellow house or whatnot. And I would also say, get involved. Like as Spencer and Trifina said, like go forward, like go on Instagram, um, go on to my career, which is like a job posting on Queens and look for a job or something that like where you're interested in and you're able to like interact with different groups. Oh, I would definitely say so. And even just speaking to, I'm speaking, I'm calling out myself here as well, especially those from equity deserving groups. If, if there are events there that are for, like targeted towards you, like, I know it's very daunting, but try go. I've been trying to go to um, Afrobeats classes because they're like dance classes on campus that primarily have like Afrobeats, Soka. And I've been to like, two or three of them and they've been super fun I know it's it's hard to get that motivation and just like shake it off and just like go but literally just go so I want to ask both of you what ultimately is going to cause the shift that we've been talking about and most importantly who's going to do it in terms of a culture shift I think the culture shift starts within um just like we were saying before, just going to those events and making sure like I'm supporting those groups that are trying to support me was a big thing. It was reassuring myself that there are some people that are not willing to learn and not willing to be receptive to this culture shift. And I feel like the culture shift will come when we stop trying to do that and we start focusing on people who do want to learn But also, I feel like the culture shift will happen when even racialized people explore their biases towards other minority groups. It's something that I have actively been put on myself to do, Um, especially I started off with just learning about Indigenous culture, learning about what has happened in Canada. I was really intrigued by the Indigenous culture, and I made sure to read up on my history. Like, just Indigenous resurgence as a whole, they're paving the way for a culture shift. And I'm so excited for that to happen. Um, So much so, I spent the summer 
I traveled to eight different indigenous communities. Uh, we moved every single week. So it was eight weeks of traveling across Northern Ontario, being on the land. I came back, I took an indigenous course and it was just so awesome to be able to connect those two experiences. So I wanna push more people to do it. I wanna push more alliance between minority groups and racialized people because we are really in this together. 100%. Um, just plugging other resources that you could use to learn more, as Tripina said, courses. Queens has an immense directory of every type of elective you could think of. If you want to learn something, it's probably at Queens. So definitely try it. And the professors are amazing. Yeah. I used it as my elective. So it was just like, I could just take a break and learn something that I was actually interested in. And it was led by an amazing Indigenous professor who actually, it's like small, small world. I, her niece was at one of our camps. So wow. it was just like, what are the odds? And you're teaching this course and it was a beautifully done course. Um, so yeah. Great point, Malika. Use your electives as an opportunity to learn. There's Black studies now, there's Indigenous studies, and they're adding new courses. And yeah, they're so interesting. So, Spencer, what is going to cause that culture shift and who is going to do it? Mm -hmm. That is a really great question. It's the idea of like building up alliance. Um, um, how to spell that word? Alliances? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not alliances uh, with other min uh, minorities or like um, uh, equity-deserving groups are really important. And to add on that, I'm, I might just add on like, don't compromise to the mainstream or like the general culture is having because mainstream doesn't mean it's right or doesn't mean it fits you. So when you recognize there's something like that is harmful to certain people, don't compromise. I want to say people who's um, who have recognized the problem, spread, uh, spread the awareness. Don't put pressure on just yourself. And then um, I feel like this is when the culture shift will happening, it will happen when everyone has the awareness. It does not mean like everyone's going to make a change. You cannot expect everyone's going to lean toward your side. But I feel like one thing we can do at this point is just to spread out the awareness. And lastly, the, for BIPOC students, especially, or to QT BIPOC, your existence is resilient. Like yourself being there is already, you're, is already like powerful. Literally take up space. That is your space to take up. You're here for a reason. Okay. So we're coming to the end, but before we close off, what's the last piece of advice or last couple words you want to leave? to the next generations that will be coming to Queens? Um, what I will say, be yourself. Like be, and also be smart. Trust yourself. Trust what you like. Trust what you don't like. I'd say that I hope that the incoming students will strike the balance of having that like bubbling and bustling school spirit like Chad Gale that... We love Queen's energy, but also keep diversity in mind and keep others in mind. And especially in those first years, try stuff, be safe, try different things, see what you like. But at the end of the day, you'll figure out that no matter, no place you go should make you feel small. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Shift Podcast. For a list of all the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit the Shift Podcast website at queensu.ca slash campuswellnessproject slash shift dash podcast. If you'd like to get involved in The Shift Podcast or have questions or comments in general, feel free to email us at queensshiftproject at queensu.ca.